in Mark chapter number 16. Let's just start reading here. Oh, my goodness. Let's say verse number 15, maybe. Let's see. I got to turn to it myself. Yeah, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. Am I, are any believers in here? Can you hear me all right? Sounds like I can't hear myself. I want to make sure you can hear me. Turn me up. Turn me up if you can't. So, um, these signs shall follow them that believe. I'm a believer. Amen. Back in the charismatic revival, which I came in under, um, people were following signs. The Bible said signs will follow you. When I say following signs, they're running all over the country to every meeting. They weren't faithful in the church. They're just going from sign to sign to sign. But the Bible said signs will follow you. These signs will follow them that believe, right? And then he mentions some of these signs. In my name. Say in my name. That's where the authority of the believer is. In my name shall they cast out devils. Jesus was talking to Brother Hagin in a vision one time, and he said, he said it to him this way. It says there that in my name they'll exercise authority over devils. That's what that is. I mean, if you're going to cast them out, you're exercising authority over them. In my name, that's where the authority is. It's in the name of Jesus. In my name, they'll exercise authority over devils or cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. Jesus said that. Then he said, they'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. Not on purpose, you know, but if it happens, that's an accident. And then he said, it'll not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So after that, the Lord had spoken he said, uh, unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them as italicized. He did work with them, but let's read it this way. The Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. And so he said, these signs will follow them that believe. And then he said, the signs follow preaching the word. So if you, you want signs, preach, preach with, tell people what God said. Preach the word to them. Tell them the truth. And God doesn't confirm our opinions. He confirms his word. So that's where the signs and the wonders are. But I want to, you know, uh, I've been preaching a lot of the services in the last whatever month or so, maybe more, have been really, if you kind of look at the whole thing and put it all in a sack and shake it up and come out, it'll be basically there in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 9, where it talks about, um, you know, great doors opened us and yes. unto us and there are many adversaries. Yes. Yes. Effectual door, great and effectual door. Remember that? And uh, so we've been kind of talking about that in different ways, in different services. If you kind of look back over the services, they kind of all kind of focus on that, how to get through that door and pass those adversaries. And uh, this morning I want to do the same thing, but I'm going to come, come at it from a different angle. Because the Lord has uh, emphasized or, or, or highlighted to me two things in order to get through this door of expansion and greater ministry. Because we're going into expansion when we start a second church and there's more things coming and so forth. So um, what do we do? Well, there's two things he's emphasized. Number one, he emphasized to me, first of all, back this was, this was way back before I started preaching on this. He emphasized praise and worship. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because uh, praise and worship is an expression of our faith. 
Hallelujah. And there's a whole lot that we maybe didn't say, but there was a lot we did say about that if you go back there. Another thing he's begun to emphasize to me, in fact, he spoke to me about this at the beginning of the year, and I haven't got into it much, but he emphasized to me the authority of the believer. The authority of the believer. Now, uh, that's what Jesus is referring to here whenever he says, in my name, verse number 17, uh, in my name they'll cast out devils. Um, So, uh, we express our praise to God, we express, we express our faith in God in the form of praise, but we exercise, we, we use our authority that Jesus delegated to us by faith, by faith. And I'm going to show you this here as, as you look closely at this passage. Um, this, this exercising of authority, I'm observing something in the body of Christ at large. I'm not just talking about here, but that the larger body of Christ, even those who call themselves word of faith, I'm exer- observing a, a loss of some of the ground that was gained concerning the revelation of the authority of the believer. I'm observing that. I'm watching that. Everything's kind of focused on when it comes to praying for our nation. It's focused on praying for the nation. Well, definitely we pray for the nation. But you realize you've got to exercise authority over some things. Amen. And so uh, whenever there's opposition, when Satan comes to hinder, uh, prayer to God is not how you get through that. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray to God because you can be built up and strengthened in faith and, and you can be edified and he'll talk to you about his word and you can feed on his word and that'll build your faith and so forth. But, but uh, over in Mark 11:23, Jesus didn't say, whosoever shall talk to God about the mountain will we'll get the mountain to move. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. There's sometimes you got to talk to God about some things, and there's times you got to talk to the circumstances. Yes, that's right. What the devil's doing. Amen. So um, we want to get into this a little bit because the adversaries by the door they need to hear the voice of authority. I said, anytime you're getting into something, the adversaries by the door that are bringing the yakety yak yak, the doubt, the fear, the opposition, the stirring up of strife, the stirring up of all kinds of stuff, uh, you, you know, uh, that's, that's got to hear the voice of authority. Yes, yes. Amen. And that, that's, uh, that's you <laughs> and me. And that's uh, who has authority down here on this earth. So uh, we use the authority that Jesus delegated to us by our faith. And so one of the ways faith is expressed is through the authority of the believer. Now, these signs, notice here what he says, Mark 16, verse number 17. These signs will follow them that believe. In other words, not those who are full of unbelief. They're... One of these signs is exercising of authority, but that doesn't happen by, through people who are in unbelief. These signs will follow them that believe. Say believe. Faith works, excuse me, authority works by faith. Now, look at it very closely. The Weymouth translation says, of Mark 16, 17, uh, it doesn't say, in my name. The Weymouth says, making use of my authority. Making use of my authority. That's what Jesus is telling us to do when he says, in my name. They'll, notice what he said, they'll cast out devils. Making use of my authority. And so, notice what the... Uh, 
what, the, uh, what it says there, it says, these signs will follow them that believe. Right. Say it out loud. Them that believe, them that believe. Make, use make use of his authority. Amen. So it's your, your believing, your faith, that makes use of this authority that's been delegated to you and delegated to me. Are you listening carefully? Because I'm going to get into something here. You have to understand this in order to hear what we're going to be saying. So translate it, using their faith, they'll make use of my authority. These signs don't follow people who don't believe in the authority in the name of Jesus. They, they follow people who believe it and make use of that authority by that faith. Amen. Now, Jesus, when he had, go over to Matthew's account, actually. Go to Matthew chapter number 28. And uh, look at how this is stated in Matthew 28. He just had rose from the dead. The 11 disciples, uh, in verse number 16, Matthew 28, 16, went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, for he, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power, now that's the Greek word for authority, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. Go ye therefore. And he mentions teaching all nations here in the name of the Father, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, Lord, I'm with you always, and so forth and so on. And then Mark's account says, and in my name. So you can put both of these together. He said all of this. In my, the, the, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. As you go, as you go to teach and preach, in my name, listen to me, they'll exercise authority. Or using their faith in my name, they'll exercise authority over demon forces. Woo, glory be to God. Making use of my authority, the Weymouth says. So Jesus had just rose from the dead, and there in Matthew 28, he said, he, he, he appears to the disciples, and he said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. So he's fresh off the conquest of the enemy in hell, where he had just stripped Satan of all that authority that he had gained over us through what Adam did in the garden. He had just stripped Satan of all of that, and he had done it on our behalf. And upon meeting his disciples, he preached this new authority that he had gained, that it was theirs to use to continue to do what he had been doing by their faith. I'm going to go ahead and preach this morning. And so we're going to look at, we're going to go back. We're going to go down. We're going to look down in hell. We're going to find out what happened down there. We're going to look at this conquest. Because this is where he got that authority. Praise God. Jesus is telling us that he had just conquered Satan. We're going to see this in many scriptures. And uh, today, we're, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at it today in order to show you what you gained and why you have this authority. Because of what Jesus did for you. Because we got to back up. Some folks are struggling maybe because they don't realize what Jesus actually did for them. Now, in John chapter number 14, verse number 12, Jesus said, These works, or the works that I do, shall ye do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Amen. But he didn't just say, The works that I do, shall you do also. He said, Them that believe. Them that believe. 
One of the works of Jesus is exercising authority over demon forces and their influence over the affairs of our life and the affairs of others. Jesus did that when he walked this earth. That was one of his works. And he said, the works, plural, that, that I do, you shall do also. Now, how do we exercise this authority? Mark 16, 17, New English Bible. This is Mark 16, which we looked at there with the first verse we read. New English Bible. It says, faith will bring with it these miracles. Yeah, the King James says, these signs will follow them that believe. The New English Bible says, faith will bring with it these miracles. See, it emphasizes man's faith. These don't happen for those who are in unbelief. You can be a Christian, born again, love God, and and, and really be a good person. And and you can go through this life totally defeated because you don't have knowledge of this authority. And if you don't have knowledge, you can't have faith beyond knowledge. So we've got to have knowledge of our authority. And, and uh, that develops our faith. And faith can make use of that authority. Are you getting what this is saying? Faith can make use of this authority. I have been around many Christians all my life. Grew up around them and uh, love, 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 the, love the body of Christ. But it's just a fact, friends, that some people, although they're good people, I mean, they'll go to heaven just as quick as you and I. You know what I'm talking about. But down in this life, they're kicked from pillar to post. Because they don't understand the authority that Jesus gained over Satan in hell for us, the body of Christ. So we're going to have to get into this. And I want to dig into this and, uh, and understand it a little bit better. And so look at that again. Faith will bring with it these miracles. One of them is exercising authority. Do you realize that if you were aware that your mountain would obey you, you'd speak to it? Say unto this mountain. You're telling it to do something. Get out of the way. (laughs) Amen. He's saying uh, things will obey you. Talk to them. Talk to them. He didn't say talk to God about your mountain. He said talk to your mountain. Amen. Really, if you're not talking to things, you're not operating in the full scope and the the full realm of faith. You're only operating maybe on one side. There's faith in God and then there's the faith of God. Faith in God is faith in what he said he'll bring it to pass. The faith of God is operating like God did in Genesis 1 and he, he said and it was. He wasn't talking to himself there. He's talking to the world. He's talking to the, to the, to the creation. Let there be light. Now, you won't operate in that realm of creation, but in the realm of your authority in your life, whenever the devil puts his hand on your baby in the middle of the night, you can say, Satan, you take your hand off my baby. Praise God. And so until you learn to talk to things, if you're saying, Satan, take your hand off my baby, you're not talking to God. You're talking to the sickness that, that Satan's trying to put on your baby. Until you learn to talk to things, you're not operating in the full scope of faith. Now, don't misunderstand me. It's a little, if you've never operated this way, it's a little uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. It feels kind of strange. Uh, at first, you don't want anybody around when you first do it because they'll look at you like, what are you talking to? Or who are you? But see, Jesus was that way. He talked to tree, tree, fig trees. He talked to fevers, wind and waves and things. He talked to dead men. He talked to all kinds of things. He talked to fevers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you've always sung more like you, Jesus, more like you. Okay, more like him. Act like him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Things will obey you. Talk to them. Now, amen. Now, so um, in uh, what we got to realize then is God always moves through man's authority. Man has been delegated authority. God gave man, and back in Genesis 1:26 and 28, he gave man authority over this earth. He said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air. And then he finally said, over all the earth. Isn't that right? Well, man lost that when Adam fell and submitted to Satan. But Jesus came to get it back for us. So uh, he moves in this earth through authority, or man's authority, exercising his authority. What I mean by that, he moves where he is authorized to do so. Where God is authorized to do so. That means he moves where somebody opens the door for him to move. When you say to your mountain, be thou removed, you just open the door for, your, for the power of God to hit your mountain. That's so good. That's good. Yeah. That's what you just did. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm about, to, I'm about to preach myself happy. I've been wanting to preach on the authority of the believer for weeks and weeks. So um, you're, you're really opening the door for God to move. Now that's what Matthew 16, remember 16, 19 says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He also said it in Matthew 18, 19, said the same thing. So <clears throat> what he's saying is, he's saying this is how heaven gets access to your circumstances on earth. Whatever you bind on earth, Heaven backs you up. <laughs> it's you and my. See, that's what binding and loosing is. It's you and I exercising authority. So he said, when you exercise your authority, heaven has access. It's as if you opened a portal for heaven. And now heaven is going to flood in and back you up. It doesn't start in heaven. It starts on earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. In other words, heaven will back you up. Glory be to God. So uh, that's you exercising your authority, binding and loosing. And heaven moves through that open door of authority. Somebody said, I don't know why God doesn't move. Maybe you haven't authorized him to move. Well, I just thought he would do this on his own. He's just sovereign. He just does what he wants. No, he's not sovereign in that sense. He is sovereign, but not in that sense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He doesn't just do what he wants where he wants. He can only do what is people permit him to do. That's why we have verses like, my eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I'm looking, I'm looking to show myself strong on behalf of someone. What he's doing is he's looking as where has someone authorized me? Yes, amen. That's good. Where has somebody authorized me? Praise the Lord. So um, he's, he's uh, able to do things whenever we exercise our authority. So how does God move in our lives? He moves through the open door of faith. Amen. When we operate in faith, whether it's praying to him to believe we receive from him, or whether it's taking our faith and put it in our mouth and speaking to something. Yes. Mark eleven twenty three 23 is speaking two things. Mark eleven twenty four 24 is prayer to God. Both of them are exercising faith, but just, just faith, being, yeah. faith being put in different directions, yes. if I could say that. And so I see in the body of Christ a lot of Christians who live, act like, talk like, 
a victim. You know, I just can't get, get free from this, that, the other. I'm limited here. I'm bound here. I'm hindered here. I'm, I'm, I'm oppressed here. I'm just, you know, just different things like that. But um, the answer is to develop faith in this authority. Because we have it, but you can have something and not have any faith for it. Faith, not any faith to use it. Um, the answer is, and, and I think a lot of Christians, because of a lack of teaching, and that's the ministry side, that's not the congregation side, but the ministry side, because the preachers and ministers aren't preaching this. They're preaching, hold out till Jesus comes, kind of, kind of, kind of victim mentality. You, you know what I'm talking about. And so because it's not preached, although people have authority because Jesus gave it to them in the death, burial, and resurrection. We're going to see that in a minute. But because they have it, but because it's not preached, they're not aware of what they have. If you're not aware, like how, how many of you have ever had, you've, you had some money stuffed in a certain compartment of your wallet and you forgot it was in there. And you're out somewhere and you need something. You're like, oh, man, I'm out of cash. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Well, you didn't use it because you weren't aware of it. <laughs> that didn't mean you didn't have any money. It just meant you weren't aware of this. Come on. <laughs> right? <laughs> I found a can full of money uh, a number of months ago. I forgot I had stuffed it in a, in a I better I shouldn't say this, but anyway, I had stuffed it in a uh, cash, an old uh, emptied out cashews can. Oh, wow. Planner's cashews. <laughs> And I was in there one day, I was rooting through this, like, what's this? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, that's the way people's authority is. It's there, but it's stuffed in a drawer somewhere. Not aware of it. And so they're acting like they don't even have it. That's good preaching, Pastor Jay. <laughs> So the knowledge of this spiritual authority has to grow in our lives. To be honest, in many Christians' lives, the knowledge of this is still in its infancy. But that's not going to be that way much longer. Amen. So let's preach this authority. What do you say? Go over to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. The Bible is progressive revelation. In the Old Testament, you don't see anybody binding the devil or taking authority over the devil. But when Jesus gets, because really, to be honest with you, they didn't have authority over the devil. That's why they always had a lot of battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With flesh and blood, I mean. Yes, sir, yes, sir. So when you come over into the New Testament, Jesus said here, when he rose from the dead, all authority is given unto me. And then he said, you go. In other words, in that authority, you go with that authority. So we then see, well, first of all, we see Jesus exercising authority over devils. And then we see the apostles exercising authority over devils. And even disciples exercising authority over devils in the New Testament. And then we see why in the teachings of the New Testament. Now, in the Gospels, when you see the the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see... Uh, well, especially, you see Jesus' earthly ministry, of course, but then I'm talking about the, the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In the Gospels, you see, you, you get a sense knowledge report of what happened in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You know what I mean by sense knowledge report? I mean, the, the knowledge that you could have gained by just standing there and looking. 
And with your eyes, you can see them put a crown of thorns on his head and the spear in his side. And you can hear him cry out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? The gospel reports all of that. But it's mostly, there, there, there's some revelation knowledge, but it's mostly sense, sense knowledge yeah. report of what happened at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But when you come over into the epistles, which the Bible is progressive revelation, you come into the epistles and now you get a behind the scenes view of what was happening in the spirit realm in, during the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And now I'm telling you, that's the revelation that's in its infancy in the body of Christ. Most people know the story of how Jesus was crucified. He was put on a cross, you know, uh, nails in his hands and his feet and all the natural things that you can see with your eyes. Most people know about that. But what really happened in the unseen realm, that knowledge is called revelation knowledge. It was revealed to the apostle Paul. Mostly, and, and others, but, but mostly the Apostle Paul, and he preached it, and so the devil hated it so bad that he sent a, he assigned a personal imp to him, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet him everywhere he went, trying to stop that message. And he's still trying to stop it today. If he can't get the preacher to, 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 to be in the dark about it, he'll try to keep him from preaching it. And if he does preach it, he'll, and somebody's sitting in the service, he'll try to put them to sleep or blind their eyes or distract them. Do you know, we used to minister at Kenneth Hagin Ministries Healing School for, I forget, was it six years, I believe. And eventually they asked us to preach on a pretty regular basis. And every time that I took a week and spent it preaching on the authority of the believer, most of the time the crowd went down by at least one third and usually half. Yeah, wow. Not because it wasn't good preaching, no, but because people being admitted to the hospital, oh, all the stuff. Wow. He hates this he message. Does. And when you know what's good for you, if the devil hates it, you need to like it. You need to ask, why don't you like this, Mr. Devil? Because if you get a hold of this, his day day's over. Kicking you around, bossing you around, holding you in bondage, holding you in, in lack and sickness and all the all stuff. See, don't wait for the devil to show up with a red pajama suit and a pitchfork and a forked tail. Before you go, oh, the devil, I take authority over you. What about oppression mentally? What about all the sickness? Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is satanic. Satanic oppression. Amen. I mean, we just got to read the Bible just, just like the Bible says it. All right. So, 1 Corinthians 2. Let's look behind the scenes. Let's pull back the curtain. And look at what happened during the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, we're not going to get the curtain all the way back, but we're going to get, it all, we're going to get started this morning. 1 Corinthians 2, look at 6, 7, 6 and 7. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, I've got to read the uh, King James first of all. Let me get King James. We've got to get to, the, to the, another translation in a moment. Let me get to King James. 1 Corinthians 2. 6 and 7, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That means the mature, mature believers. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Let's read a few verses here. Which none of the princes of this world knew... 
He's not talking about mankind. Yet no mankind didn't know it. That's true. But he's also talking about the demon forces that crucified Jesus. Someone said, I thought it was man that crucified Jesus. There were demon forces inspiring men to crucify Jesus. And that's, that's, that's different scriptures, but, but uh, I'll just leave it there for now. But he said, which the princes of this world, none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know it. But if you read down verse number uh, 10, but God has revealed it unto us by his spirit. So there's things, listen to me very carefully. There are things that, say, that when, when Satan inspired those men to crucify Jesus, he's the one behind it. He thought he was doing away with Jesus. He was doing away with this one that was anointed, walking on the earth, breaking yokes and destroying sickness and disease and so forth. He thought he was doing away with that man. And, uh, and uh, so if he'd have known what it was really, see, he was playing right into the plan of God. If he had known what was really happening, because he actually took Jesus to hell. Now, people struggle with that, but it's in your Bible that's been laying on your coffee table. Acts says, thou wilt, just prophesying about Jesus, thou will not leave my soul in hell. Someone said, I don't, I don't believe he went there. Okay, you're going to have to then, because the wages of sin is spiritual death. If he didn't pay that price for you, then you have to go there. No, he went all the way. He did not just die physically. If you go to Isaiah, I won't, you can turn there if you want, but I mean Isaiah 53, it says, Thou hast uh, made his grave, this is a prophecy of Jesus and the crucifixion, and with the wicked in his, King James says, death. You look it up in the Hebrew, it's plural. Deaths, plural. Jesus died two deaths. Plural is two, or more than one at least. He, he, was, he made his grave with the wicked in his death. I don't, I don't have uh, the verse on that, but it's Isaiah 53. Is it verse 9? 9, the wicked in his death. You look it up in the Hebrew, it's plural. He died physically. We know that. That's sense knowledge. We, anybody that was standing there that day could see it. That by sense knowledge would have told him that. But what you couldn't see was that he died spiritually. Well, I just can't accept that. Okay, wait a minute. Think about this. Not because of his own sin. But because of our sin, God made him to be sin for us. Him who knew no sin. God made him to be sin for us. What's the wages of sin? Death. Not just physical death. See, there's, there's three kinds of death mentioned in the Bible. Physical death, spiritual death, and then the second death. If you go into, if you go into uh, spiritual death, excuse me, if you go into the second death in the state of spiritual death, then you're gone forever. You can't ever get out of that. Spiritual death is not physically dying. Spiritually death, being dead, is your spirit is now no longer in fellowship with God. You've, you've taken on the nature of Satan and sin. And you're in the realm of the region of, of darkness. And Satan is the God of this world over those who are in spiritual death. People say, well, God's all our father. He's, 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 he's our father of us all. No, he's not. They have a different father than I have. People that are not born again. Their father, Jesus said to religious people who are spiritually dead, ye are of your father, the devil. 
He's not talking about their natural father. Their natural father was Abraham because that was the argument they were in with him. But he said, no, you're of your father, the devil. He's talking about you're spiritually dead. Satan is your father. Satan is your spiritual father. Where th- th- there's, there's physical death, but then there's death in sin. Yeah. There's death because of sin. Yes. The wages of sin is death. Yes. Which means separation from God. And there's a lot of characteristics about it. You have the nature of the devil. You, uh, you are, you're no longer in fellowship with God. That's what Adam experienced in the garden. Yeah. The day you, God said, the day you eat thereof, you'll surely die. He ate thereof and lived physically for another 900 and some years. Whoops, God, you missed that one. No, he didn't. The day he ate thereof, he died spiritually. He died spiritually. And man, in all through the Old Testament, was spiritually dead. That's why when Jesus died, the first thing he did was he went into hell. But then after he got the keys of death and hell, he crossed over the great divide into Abraham's bosom where those in the Old Testament who were looking forward to him coming were in, held, in, uh, held in, uh, in a holding place called Abraham's bosom. He went and preached to them there. This is in the Bible. He went and preached to them there and told them, I'm the one. I am he. They all believed on him. Then Ephesians 4 said, he, he that ascended, is a, he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. And he ascended up after that and took captivity captive. Those who were in captivity down there, he took them captive. He ascended up with them. Actually, when Jesus stopped by his, he stopped by the earth to pick up his body. And his body was raised from the dead. Those saints that came up out of there with him, they also picked up their bodies. And the Bible said throughout Jerusalem, people saw Old Testament saints for a couple of days. That's in Matthew's gospel. They were on their way on up. Glory be to God. I'm talking about behind the scenes. There was a lot happening behind the scenes. But before he did that, He went into the region of hell itself because he had taken our sin and the wages of sin is death. He spiritually died. Somebody said, I can't accept that that he spiritually died. Well, what is it? First Timothy, I'd have to look at the reference because it just comes up in my spirit. But the reference, the verse came, but not the reference. (laughs) Jesus was justified in spirit. Jesus, the Bible said he was justified. The Son of God was justified. That means he was made righteousness. Why why did he have to be made righteousness? Because he was made sin with our sin. He took our sin. But boy, whenever, see, see, Satan couldn't legally hold him in there because he was paying our price, not his price. He was just simply paying our price. Everything Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection, he did it for you, not for me. I mean, excuse me, not for himself. So when he did this, which we're getting ready to read in the Moffat's translation, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, look at this. When he did this, he was doing it for you and me. This is the Moffat's translation, 1 Corinthians 2, 6. We do not, uh, 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 excuse me, we do discuss wisdom with those who are mature. Only it is not the wisdom of this world, nor of the dethroned powers who rule this world dethroned powers what's he talking about he's talking about demon forces demon forces when Jesus went into hell 
Remember he said, he, he said when he got up out of there, he said, uh, he said all authority yeah. is given unto me. Yeah. Why? Because he had dethroned Satan of his authority yes. on our behalf. Yes. He dethroned them. Yes. That means they had been ruling because yes. the throne represents authority. All Dethroned powers. Verse 6 is telling us that Satan has been dethroned. Well, if he's dethroned, why are they ruling? Notice it goes on, who rule this world. If they're dethroned, why are they ruling this world? Because people don't know they're dethroned. If you knew it, <laughs> you wouldn't let him get away with what he's doing. I think of I read this and I think so many times because it just was such a vivid illustration at the time of this principle here. Yeah. I think of whenever the United States and a coalition of military armies went into Iraq to uh-huh. d- deliver Iraq from Saddam Hussein's regime. Yeah. And uh, if you remember, it just took, what, hours? Yeah. Yeah. And he was done. Yeah. He was in a hole. Yeah. Remember, they eventually dug him out of a hole yeah. Yeah. in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But he put it all over the news media after we defeated him, we sort of pulled back and went, I think we went back to the edge of maybe Kuwait or something. But he said, look, look, we beat them. They all left. We're, we're victorious. Lie, 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 lie. His military was decimated. And he's in a hole in the ground. No bigger than what a rat would crawl into. <laughs> I don't call that defeating us. But see, that's the way the devil is, just like Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein was defeated, but he's lying about it. Satan was defeated, but he lies about it. He tells you how big and bad he is. No, he's not. He's dethroned. Hold him up to revelation knowledge. Don't go by sense knowledge. Don't go by what you see. Hold him up to revelation knowledge. But if you don't have that revelation knowledge, then you can't exercise faith, which means you can't exercise authority. The throne powers who rule this world. Okay, now that's good. Praise God. But that's not the wisdom of most Christians. You look at the first few pages of Brother Hagin's book, Triumphant Church. He said, you've got to decide whether you're the triumphant church, whether you're the militant church, or whether you're the defeated church. People that are warring and, and struggling against the enemy don't know he's been defeated. But notice here, let's, let's go to some other verses. This is uh, Colossians 2.15. Colossians 2.15. You still enjoying this? Yes. Woo, we're going to study on authority. Colossians 2.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your heart to which also you're called in one body. That's not the verse. Where am I looking at? Oh, I'm in, I'm in three. That's why. Colossians 2. Having spoiled principalities and powers. This is talking about Jesus. You look at the context. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So we know he's been dethroned. Now here it says he has been spoiled. Satan and all those powers have been spoiled. Listen to the Coney Bear. C-O-N-Y-B-E-A-R-E. Didn't know it existed, did you? Coney Bear, Colossians 2.15. And Jesus disarmed the principalities and powers which fought against him. Disarmed them. Philip says he exposed them, shattered, empty, and defeated in his final, glorious, triumphant act. So that tells us when he did this. This wasn't when he was walking on the earth. 
This was his final glorious triumphant act. What is that? The resurrection. That was where he, notice, Phil trying says he exposed them, shattered them, empty, defeated, empty and defeated. So we've got these words. He's dethroned. If a person has been dethroned, you know, like a king, you know, take it there to remove from a place of authority. Now we see that he's disarmed. Colossians 2.15. That's what the old kings in the old day, when they would defeat another army, they'd say they spoiled them. That means they, they, they beat them in battle, but then they didn't just stop there. They stripped them of all their armor, all their weapons, took them away from them. A lot of times they even stripped them of their clothes. And then they would go marching back into their own capital city, the one, the king who won, marching into their own capital city. And these defeated soldiers would be marched through the capital city completely naked, stripped, spoiled. That's what happened to Satan. He was stripped of what? His authority over you. Actually, there's three strippings that happened in hell. We're going to finish this up with that. You want to come to the strip show? <laughs> I didn't plan on saying that. <laughs> it's hot in here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, go over to, uh, we're going to look at that in a minute. Go to Hebrews 2.4, oh, excuse me, Hebrews 2.14. Yes. Praise be to God. Hebrews 2.14. <laughs> Hebrews 2.14. Where's your mind at? <laughs> oh, we're just having fun, right? Hebrews 2.14. I believe this is King James here. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's us, yes. he, Jesus, also himself, likewise took part of the same, yes. took part of flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy him that had, say had, had. the power of death. He doesn't have it anymore. No, we don't. He had, had. the yes. power of death, yes. that is the devil. Satan used to have the power of death. Yes. He doesn't have it anymore. That's right. Now he'll tell you he does. Right. Yeah. Right. But he's a liar. Now listen to the American Standard Version. Since then that the children are sharers. Listen to that word. Sharers in flesh and blood. He also himself in like manner partook of the same of flesh and blood. That through death. See he wouldn't have been able to die if he hadn't taken part of that. He might bring to naught him that had, past tense, the power of death. That is the devil. Bring to naught. What is that? Bring to naught. If you look up naught, N-A-U, what is that? N-A-U-G-H-T, N-O-U-G-H-T. Bring to naught means bring to zero. The one who's been harassing you is a big zero. He is a zero. Thank you. Bring to nothing. Reduce to, to nothing. Him that had the power. That's what Jesus did. He reduced him to nothing. <clears throat> he stripped him. The word power means authority. Yes. He doesn't have the authority any longer no. to uh, harass you with death. Now, death doesn't just mean physical death. I'm talking about spiritual death. Spiritual death is a term in the New Testament that, that includes everything in the realm of Satan. 
including all his, uh, uh, his junk he tries to bring yeah, to your house. Amen. Now, Coney Bear translation of this says that Jesus dethroned the authority of the Lord of death and allowed us to be partakers of Jesus' victory over him. So he partook of flesh and blood so that we could partake of what Jesus got for us. Hallelujah. But let's wrap this, uh, this, this up with this spoiled here. King James back there in Colossians 2.15, are you there? Now, this is revelation Now This is not, you can't see this if you were just standing there on the, when they crucified, if you were standing there when they crucified Jesus that day, you wouldn't have been able to see what was happening. But this is behind the scenes. The uh, Gospels are a photograph of the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The epistles are an x-ray of it. You see, you see deeper. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Now, now, spoiled back here. Spoiled in the Greek means to put off from oneself, to despoil, to divest, or disarm. Now that might be a lot of big words. You're like, what does that mean? Let's go with the first, to put off from oneself, to strip off. So Jesus stripped these powers off of him. So because he had taken our sin, they had the right to jump on him. And they brought everything they have. All our sicknesses, all oppression. Everything in the kingdom of darkness. They put it all. It was all put on him. But Jesus, after three days, stripped them off. They didn't leave by choice. He defeated them in conquest. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So we'll get to that one. But let's look at this one. Despoiled, divest. Let's look at this divest one. Are you still, you still got a minute? To divest means, well, let's take the reverse of it. Have you ever heard of someone who invested? You maybe have invested? Maybe in an investment of real estate, stock, something like that. So that's investing. What does it mean to divest? It means to get rid of some kind of asset. If you invest, you're purchasing the asset. When you divest, you get rid of the asset. Right? You, you sell it or sometimes uh, somebody can be forced to get, take their money out of something for some reason. And so uh, to, to divest, what he's saying here is, let, look at how, let's, let's translate that. Jesus divested himself of these principalities and powers. Or he divested the principalities and powers themselves. Let's think about this. Can you think about this with me? Jesus fully divested himself of the devil's power and dominion over himself, but he wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing fine in heaven before he went down there and did all that. He was even living in victory over them when he walked this earth. But why did he give place to them, let them come come on him, take on our sin? It was to, to, to divest us of him. You understand what I'm talking about? And so to divest means uh, to take away someone else's uh, property or assets or deprive them of them. So this verse is saying Jesus fully divested himself of the devil's power and dominion over him and us in hell. He divested the devil of any ability or right to defeat us as a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Amen. So when we read this scripture... We're talking about redemption. Yes. Right. Yes. 
part of redemption was. We were, we, Satan was divested of his authority over us. Does that make sense? And so he was in there, Jesus was in there doing this as our substitute. It was as if we were being, we were uh, stripping Satan off of ourselves. <clears throat> Although it wasn't us, it was him doing it for us. Jesus had taken our sin because the wages of sin is death. And he didn't need to be redeemed himself, but we did. And he was there doing it for us. Or let's make it personal. He was doing it for me. He was doing it for me. Amen. So Jesus fully divested the devil of his power and dominion over me, of his ability to put anything on me. Amen. You realize whenever we um, sinned, Satan sold us a bill of goods. All the curse. All the curse. Actually, in this case, it wasn't a bill of goods. It was a bill of bads. <laughs> right? Everything in the realm of darkness, everything in the realm of sin, everything in the realm of the curse, everything in the realm of bondage, all oppression, all sickness, all the curse, everything that's in that. That's what we invested in when we said yes to Satan. Yes to sin. We invested heavily in it. Amen. And all the consequences of that. We became stockholders in sin. And sharers and owners of sickness, bondage, poverty, curse, the torment, oppression. We invested in it. And we were getting a good return on our investment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We couldn't divest ourselves because he wouldn't let go of our original investment. He said, no, I'm not giving that back. I'm holding you right here because that gives me authority over you. We couldn't, we couldn't force the, the divestment. Am I making good sense this morning? So, um, when we sinned, we invested in all this. But Satan had a right, since he wouldn't return our principal, our, main, our first investment, he had a right to pay out the penalty or pay out the, the, the increase of that investment. <laughs> Amen. I just come reading this because it's so good the way I wrote it down here. He held our initial payment and wouldn't give it up willingly. But Jesus went into hell and divested him. And he did it by force. And he did it by conquest. So the devil no longer has a right to hold us in bondage by force. Jesus took on himself all the payout. That we, we were owed because of our investment. Amen. Our original investment. And Jesus took all the payout. He paid all the penalty of the wages of that. That's what it means. The wages of sin is death. I mean, there's, that's an investment. You're going to get something out of that. He took all that penalty and he took all the return on it. And the price then was fully paid. God in heaven saw it. And the book of Isaiah says, Thou shalt see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. God said it's fully paid out. Fully paid out. Hallelujah. Now, those who have faith in the report of Jesus' payment. Because Jesus came back and reported. It's all paid. Those that have faith in the report of Jesus' payment are freed from the payout of that original investment. But not only that, it gets better than that. They also become investors 
And they are now endowed with all the blessings of God. With everything Jesus stripped from Satan, what he had stolen from us, including our authority over him, we were, we, we, everything Jesus got back, we now got that. In other words, he had authority over us, now we got authority over him. Praise God. He divested Satan, but he invested that authority in us. Glory be to God. And since Jesus disarmed Satan uh, of his rights to dominate us any longer, the, devil's has, the devil has no power to put anything on us. Praise God. He can't, receive, he can't stop me from receiving the blessings of God. But it gets better than that. The word spoiled. I'm almost done. This is too good to stop. I, I cannot leave church without sharing this. The word spoiled also is taken from two words. One means away from or separation or departure. The other one means to strip, take off of oneself or unclothe. So when Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, he stripped off and put away everything that Satan had put on him because he took our sin. So he took everything that belonged to sin. Amen? Amen. So, Woos says, having stripped off and away from himself the principalities and authorities. <laughs> Remember, this is all redemption now. What God was doing in Christ, excuse me, doing for Christ in hell, he was doing for every man. Hallelujah. Since Jesus put off those powers in, off of himself, those powers in hell, and since we, he was doing it as our substitute, he was doing it for you and me, you and I no longer have to wear bondage, sickness, poverty, mental torment, oppression. He stripped Satan off of me and you as well. And caused those things to depart from us. We're now free from them. Not going to be free. He already stripped it off. We are free from them. Believe that. Believe that. Believe that. I said believe that. Praise be to God. I said praise be to God. But there's even another meaning of this. Jesus carried himself into hell and he carried, he carried something into hell and he carried something out. Jesus carried into hell all that Satan had laid on us as a penalty for our sin because he took all that. Amen. Then sin had a payout and the Bible talks about the wages of sin is death. So Jesus had to take all that payment, take all that punishment. God laid that on Jesus because he became our substitute. Somebody said, did Satan put all that on him? Well, really, he took our sin. And so God said, okay, everything that goes to that, I'm going to put it on Jesus. Now, listen very carefully. Oh, you're going to get blessed. This is, this is so good. So like I said, there was something Jesus carried into hell. Uh, what he carried into hell, he carried into hell on our behalf. When Jesus stripped himself of demon powers and Satan's authority, he also stripped off from himself all that he had taken to the cross or taken on in the, on the cross, which was all our curse. Yes. Jesus took all that on the cross, but when he stripped himself off of the, these forces off of him in hell, he stripped off all that was put on him because of that penalty. So what, carried, what Jesus carried out of hell was what Satan had taken from us in the fall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on. 
I'm trying to quit, but this is too good. Jesus stripped Satan of all that he had stripped from us in sin. In other words, when we sin, Satan walked over and said, now give me that authority back. Give me that blessing of God back. Give me long life back. God had blessed us with all that, but Satan came and stripped it off of us. Now he's holding it. He's been down there he, 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 since, since the Garden of Eden all the way till Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. He's down there holding all our goods. But Jesus, Jesus stripped that off of Satan. And he won it back. All our formal rights, all our privileges, all our blessings. He stripped them from Satan in conquest. Amen. I'm talking about what he had stolen from us. What Satan had stolen from us. He was in possession of it until, Satan, until Jesus stripped him of it. So there was three strippings in hell. Let's look through them very carefully. Jesus stripped the forces of darkness off of himself and us. Then he stripped the demon forces of everything that they had stolen from us. Then he stripped those forces themselves of all the power and authority, uh, power or authority that they had over us. And when he was finished, he raised from the dead. He raised from hell to return back to us what Satan had stripped from us. Amen. We're the rightful owners. God gave it to us back there in the book of Genesis. Didn't belong to Satan. It belonged to us. Amen. Hallelujah. And when he rose from the dead, the first thing he, he saw the disciples, all authority is given unto me. You remember Revelation 1.18, I'm he that was dead, I'm alive forevermore. I have the keys. I got the keys of death and hell. So what he was doing was I said, I got them back for you here. Go in my authority. And whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. You exercise authority over the forces of darkness. He didn't get it for himself. He got it for us. Now, here's the good part. I'm glad you waited and stayed. Look at Isaiah 53, 12. Isaiah 53, 12. I, I, I just want you to see it in the Bible because it's, it's so clear once you, once you hear this the way we were sharing it. Isaiah 53, verse 12. Therefore, I will divide. This is Jesus. Remember Isaiah 53? This is all Jesus. It says he'll bear their sins, he'll bear their iniquities, he'll bear their sicknesses. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. This is all Jesus in his substitutionary work. Verse 12, after it's all over, well, let's read verse 11 because we referred to that. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. God saw what he took on him for us and said, that's enough. That's what the payment's paid. Paid in full. Well, if it's paid in full, they can't hold him anymore. And uh, by his knowledge shall my righteous servants justify many, so forth. They should, he shall bear their iniquity. Look at verse 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he'll divide the spoils with the strong. Because he's poured out his soul unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors. Now, other translations, I think it's the NIV, says the, the numerous. He divided the spoils with the numerous. In other words, he didn't hold the spoils himself. I don't know how you're sitting there. Come on. Come on. Well, come over to Luke's account. The numerous is you and I. 
I know we're going long. I've been doing that lately. Look at Luke 11. We're just going to get this real quick and we'll go. Look, look at Luke 11. Remember Jesus told this parable of when a strong man armed keeps his uh, goods, his house is in peace. Remember that? This is that account, Luke 11. But when a stronger than he, verse 22, when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he'll take from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. Now, this is Jesus prophesying what he's getting ready to do. Satan's been a strong man for years. I mean, generations. But Jesus came upon him and conquered him. Dethroned him. Stripped him. (laughs) Glory to God. Jesus is the stronger one. A stronger than he comes upon him. Hallelujah, overcomes him and takes his armor. That's the good, that's good, but he divideth his spoils. No wonder Romans says we are heirs of God and joint heirs. Joint heirs. Heirs of what? All that Jesus got in the conquest. People say Jesus is an authority. He has the authority. He delegated it to you. He delegated it to you. He delegated it to you, to you, to you. You're you're a joint heir. He divided the spoils. Glory be to God. That's good news. If you don't know what good news is, I'm just here to tell you. That's good news. So the conquest of the devil mentioned in Colossians 2.15 is what he's referring to here. This dividing of the spoils was part of it. Praise God. Now, what was the spoils? How about righteousness? How about the authority of the believer? Healing. Amen. The very image of God. Talking about righteousness again. How about prosperity? How about victory? How about joy? How about peace? Praise the Lord. Those things were all safely in the hands of the enemy until Jesus went down in there Spoiled. God had prophesied it all the way back into Genesis 3 after the fall. He said, yeah, you got man, but there's one coming. There's one coming. You will bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head. Wham! It happened. It's done. He's defeated. Praise the Lord. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Give God a shout. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. That's what it means when it says he's spoiled. Principalities and powers. He stripped them of everything, including the authority that he had taken. See, that authority wasn't his. He had taken that from Adam back in the garden. Amen. Praise be to God. I said, praise be to God. Aren't you glad he not only just, he just not only got Satan off of you, but he got your authority back. Because if he'd have gone down there and said, now get off of them, but hadn't taken his authority, as soon as Jesus left, he'd say, I'm going to jump back on them. But he doesn't have the, if you know your authority, if you know your authority, if you know your authority, you can say no 
to anything from the realm of sin, the realm of darkness, the realm of the curse, anything. Hallelujah. I did it. I preached myself happy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. So now, now you've seen the strip show. Thank you, Jesus. Man, is it a good show. <laughs> Sanctify that, all right? Run it through, with the, run it through what we just preached. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Why on earth would we allow sickness in our lives? We don't have to. Don't have to. Jesus gave it. No, he took all the authority away of that to stay on us. There's enough power in what was preached this morning for you to live divine health for the rest of your days and, and not die of any sickness and disease. And when you're done, just say, all the kids come in here. I'm going to prophesy to you and I'm going to go to heaven. Just give up the ghost. Praise be to God. Father, we're grateful. We thank you. We lift our hands in worship. We give you praise for your word. Your word. Oh, yeah. I see that, Father. I see that. I see that. I see that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your word is a lamp to our feet. It enlightens us, Father. This is the revelation knowledge that uh, is not revealed unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to us in, his, in your word. We're grateful, Father, for the Holy Spirit who teaches us, who guides us into these truths. Father, we'll hold Satan in the arena of faith. That just means what we've heard this morning. We hold him in the arena of that light. Father, this is light. This is, a, this, is, this is not the wisdom that man's wisdom teaches. This is not the wisdom of the kingdom of darkness. They won't tell us this, but your word told us. Oh, thank you for your word. Thank you. Thank you for your We're so grateful, Father. Thank you for the light. Father, may this knowledge grow and expand in the earth today. We ask you for utterance that you give men boldness to preach it. Hallelujah. With a spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord just, just prompted me whenever I was praying there. He said, give them their opportunity right now to exercise that authority. I mean, the Bible, Jesus said, uh, the best time there in John 12, he's talking about, it said, uh, when you have the light, walk in the light or else the darkness will come. So you're, you're standing in, in a place of light right now. Now's the best time to take authority over what's been harassing you. Whether it's your mind, whether it's your body, your finances, your marriage, strive trying to get in your marriage. So right now is your chance. Father, we just, we, just, we, just give, we just say in the name of Jesus, this is your chance. You just say it out loud yourself. Satan, I take authority over you. Get out of my life in this area. And tell, tell, tell him what you're talking about. Get out of my life in this area of my life. In the name. Take your hands off of this area of my life. That harassment, that oppression, that torment, that, that, her, that, 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 that person that you're trying to use at the job to torment and harass and, and hinder and impede me. In the name of Jesus. Take your hand off of that person. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We exercise the authority that's ours. We exercise the authority that's ours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now say this. I, I'm going I'm to add to what you might have said. Maybe you said something like this. But say this out loud. Let your heart agree with this. You might want to close your eyes and point your finger at, 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 at the floor in front of you. Say, I dismiss you, I dismiss you 
See, now you're, you're referring to what you just referred to. I dismiss you from your assignment against my life in this area in Jesus' name. I command you with the authority of Jesus' name to cease and to desist in your maneuvers against my life in this area. Your assignment is broken. In the name of Jesus, I'm free. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, from now on, remember the Bible said, fight the good fight of faith? 1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. You're not fighting Satan. What are you doing? What's that mean? Fight the good fight of faith. He goes on to say, uh, uh, hold fast. Fight, lay hold, excuse me, of eternal life and make a good confession. So from now on, you, are, you have grabbed on to that authority and made use of it. And then he said, hold fast to your confession. That's the way you fight. You hold fast to what you, what you said, the authority you exercise, and you keep on saying, Satan, I said, I spoke to you and you're gone. Don't keep fighting him trying to act. No, I said go. No, say no, I told you to go and now you're gone. Now you're gone. Remember, resist the devil and he'll what? That's what just happened. He just fled. Hallelujah, he just fled. Well, come back next service. Well, there's still some stuff laying around. Well, I mean, he's just gathering it up and leaving. That's all. He's just on his way out. Amen. You ever seen a skunk killed on the road? He's dead, but there's still some stink, right? <laughs> That's the way this can be for, for, for a few, few hours or whatever, days, whatever. But, but it's all dead. It's all gone. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. There have been times in this pulpit that this pulpit wasn't free. And in prayer, the Lord said, take authority over the forces that are trying to shut down the the authority of this pulpit. And I do it and the next service is all back again. There are times that I just I go to prayer and it's like a dark cloud comes over me and I just, just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And the Spirit of God has said, take authority over the darkness that's trying to hinder your prayer life. Not every time, but there's been times. See, I want you to begin to recognize spiritual things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. All hindrances of the enemy. So take authority over hindrance. Amen. Take authority over what's motivating somebody to, to persecute you and afflict you and not, not give you favor and so forth and so on. You, you'll be surprised how it works. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of the word this morning? Woo. We are triumphant. We are the triumphant church. Spirit of faith triumphant church. <laughs> Praise be to God. Praise be to God.